Hey, and welcome to Sometimes I Struggle. I am Tanisha, and I am so happy to finally have been able to catch up with this young man. I call him the busiest man in Huntsville. It's been a long time in the making. I've seen him come up everywhere, but I trapped him. I actually have him hogtied. You can't really tell, but I trapped him to the seat, and he's... <laughs> working on the project and I'm able to get a little bit of time to talk to him today and I'm excited about it. So again, we're at Sometimes I Struggle and this is just a podcast about talking to real people about things that we struggle with. Sometimes we go through life and we try to pretend that we have it all together, but behind the scenes and behind closed doors, we struggle with things. And so I am excited to have with me, and I'm sure you already recognize the face, and for those of you listening, he is Mr. Devin Keith. Let me tell you, uh, did we fanfare? No, no, no. <laughs> right, you, you probably get a whole bunch of boo. No, 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 no. Well, hey, you can't please everybody. Right. But um, Devin Keith is, during his first term, he set the record as the youngest elected official to Huntsville's legislative uh, branch of government. He represents D1, D1 in the House, and that's yes, pretty much expands uh, and includes much of Northern Huntsville, also including Alabama A&M University and into, it reaches all the way into downtown, correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay, and so I am excited to have him here and we're gonna kind of dig a little bit. We won't go too deep, but we will scratch the surface. We'll get to know a little bit more about Devin Keith. So um, as I stated, you set the record as the youngest council member elected to Huntsville's legislative branch um, and you represent D1. How is that? How, how? What type of feeling was that for you to come in with that pressure on you? You're a young man, you're the youngest, you're breaking records even as you come in and you have this whole district that expands all the way out to A&M, all the way downtown. Was it overwhelming? How did you prepare for your for that and what made you want to do that? Well, one, I want to say it is a blessing to be here. And, I'm oh, thank you. and I hope everybody that is watching that you just know she did not have to hog tie me by any means. I wanted to make sure I had enough time to listen and learn. Um, but it, you know, in a lot of ways, now I know we're going to be candid in this. Um, it was a little bit different for me because I never planned on being an elected official. Uh, when I went to Boston, I planned on like living the life. I was trying to drive fast cars, travel the world, have a couple girlfriends, you know, make some money. Just a different world. Oh, man. Um, I didn't. When I left Huntsville, I never looked back. I never planned on coming back. So when I got elected, it was surprising to me, surprising to my team as well. And um, it, it, is, it has been, a, I think, in a lot of ways, uh, overwhelming because I don't know how to say this when I say you don't think it's real. Uh, you know what I mean? When God calls you to something, keep telling yourself, you got the wrong person. So every can, I'm waiting for somebody to come to me and be like, Devin, we was just playing. This really ain't for you. We got somebody else. Um, Your so, own episode of Truman Show. Right, right, right. <laughs> so it, it is, um, when I first got elected, I was happy that my mother and, and grandmother were happy and proud, but overwhelming. Um, yeah, the task and the, and the idea that you could change a community or at least make an impact was overwhelming, but getting elected, like I said, because I never thought of it when I was a kid, I still don't think about politics as a thing, um, was different. I felt blessed, to be honest with you. It was the first time in my life where I really knew God without a doubt had done something because it, it was not my plan. That's awesome. And you're often quoted as saying that Huntsville is the best city this side of heaven. 
So yes, obviously you feel very passionate about oh, yeah. where did that passion come from? Was it because you're born and bred here or just what's that love? What's that thing that just pulls at Devin's heart and makes him say such a bold statement? I think in a lot of ways because you're here, but everybody else watching and such, it is the byproduct of, I'm a village kid. Okay. My mother um, was blessed to just ha have so many aunts and uncles that aren't blood. Um, so many people changed my diapers and spanked my butt. <laughs> and my grandmother raised me a lot of my life as well. So, you know, you don't have a, um, a father when it's just you and your mom and your grandma. There's a lot of other people in the community you depend upon. And I've just met some of the most amazing people in this city who have put in so much overtime and they never got paid. And I think it's just one of them things where I just, I can't, I can't explain it. When you know that people are willing to affect your life and you never have to say thank you, it just makes you feel special about a place. And the people make this place special. I don't care about a rocket ship or a restaurant. Yeah. Huntsville is the byproduct of good people. Um, other places get to say they're on the coast. Other places get to say they got a nice national monument. Um, other places get to say that they're in the right area of the nation. But for us, it's just good people. And that's what makes this place special. And that's what it's all about. If you have good people, you can make any place a wonderful place. And that's, right. that's amazing. You're a living testament of it takes a village. Absolutely. So we, we said that your district extends and covers most of Northern Huntsville out by A&M all the way downtown. A lot of people see the growth in, the, in this area. They see a lot that goes on downtown and oh yeah, it's walkable. All of these new bright, shiny things are happening. And then a lot of people say, well, what about us out here in the North side? How do you translate or get that message across and, and, and kind of let people know that Although you see these good things happening downtown, guess what? North Huntsville is on its way and you yourself have, have established roots there. And how do you change the narrative per se for people that think that it's only about this one area in your district or look what's happening down here, but not what's happening in the North side? Yes, ma'am. I think the first thing you have to do is, and I like to keep it real, you've got to validate that it's actually not a stigma, it's a fact. Um, there has been disproportional economic investment in certain areas in the community by which people then say, well, there are places that I guess we shouldn't live, we shouldn't send our kids, we shouldn't develop because the economic development has it trended towards it. So validate it. They are correct. Inherently, that's why I think I got elected is to say that these issues have happened, but then what? And that's the other part of it. How do you switch and redevelop or reinvest? And people forget that when you have missed the gap, let's just say West Huntsville has grown so exponentially, the gap between North Huntsville, it's not stagnant. It's actually getting, it, it got deeper, it declined. Okay. So in order to comparably have to catch up, you have to come out of the decline and then catch up with an already growing economy. Yeah. So I just tell them, you're right. We ain't never lie. <laughs> the plan that we have about redeveloping an area, we look at economic development, we look at new housing, we look at economic structure of redevelopment commercial properties along, along main thoroughfares. We look at simple road construction investment. So when they heard the plan, they said, all right, let's see what you can do. And I keep telling people, it feels like 40 years, but I've just been here four years. Yeah. Things we've done, people feel, they're tangible. Um, but I think to tell people all the time, 
which my colleagues um, are blessed in the places that they are, the people who had concerns about Northwest Huntsville and the lack of development and investment were correct. Mm-hmm. It had to come was, how do you correct it? Yeah. We're slowly but surely doing that. That's awesome. And I mean, I've taken the drive through and you can see the growth. You can see things that are happening and it, it takes time. You just can't reinvent yes, the ma'am. wheel and just kind of pull the bandaid off and say, look, the wound is better. I mean, it, it takes time to heal and grow. And I think in time, people will start to see that. So let's let's go back a little bit. Last year, we, we got to talk about 2020. I mean, right. it was it was a year and there was a lot of tension, social unrest, just protests, et cetera, et cetera, all under the backdrop of a global pandemic. And so you got people tugging at you. I'm sure you're an elected official. You're a leader. During times of crises, people look to look toward their leaders. As a young man and one man, and you have all of these eyes on you and all of these people saying, Devin, Devin, we need to do this. They don't hear us. Help us do this, do that. How, how did you get your composure? How did you keep your composure? Because you take all of that and you have to sit down in front of that camera in council chamber and you kind of hammer those tough issues out and you have all of these differing opinions and wants and needs and cries from your community. How does one man take that and compose himself and still make decisions and do things that for the greater good of your community for your district? Let me just be real. Sometimes I struggle. Um, <laughs> That's the name of the podcast. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Um, you don't all the time. Um, I think that there's just this belief that you're born with some high, ridiculous level of patience and, you know, discord and di- diplomacy. Yeah. You learn it. You learn it. And, and, and the only way that you get stronger is with heavier weight. Now, not to get too much into how good guys has been to me. The stressful part is even when you do the right things, the wrong things can still happen because that's, right. that's the power dynamic. And it's unfortunate that I tell people all the time and they say, well, why didn't this happen? Why, you know, we'll talk about police reform. I can say, well, you know, I'm one person. I can scream to the top of my lungs, but until others support it are the people that you want to change change, I'm just screaming. And I think what we've gotten confused, and it's unfortunate, especially in the African-American community, if you look back at the civil rights, which I think people don't understand, you never want to have an example. Yeah. I don't need somebody, this happened with the Confederate Monument thing. They say, well, don't take down the Confederate Monument because you don't want history to repeat itself. I don't need a monument to remind me that I shouldn't enslave people and segregate individuals just off the optical you know, perspective of their skin color. I don't need any monument to tell me that. So, Inversely, the same thing is like police reform. You don't need to convince the choir that it's good to sing. I don't need to be convinced that reform is needed. I have been pulled over six times. I understand the issues. I lived in communities that were highly policed. What I think happened and is happening is that you have to convince people, whether that is a 30-year police officer who's never trained under community policing or a new rookie who's never lived in a community with African-Americans that they need reform. You can point all your energy at Devin Keith, which people do. I'm speaking the same language as you. It is people we want to change who can't understand us. So we form together a way to speak to them. 
So that's the unfortunate point is that you become the point of change when you're telling them it is not me that needs to change. That's got to be heavy. No, it's frustrating. It is. It is. Yeah. It is well, frustrating. frustration is heavy. Anything that weighs on your psyche, it, it has to to weigh down on you. I mean, I, I I often try to put myself in people's shoes just to kind of get a little bit of insight, and that has to be. I know how I felt during that moment, and how I continue to feel. And you do have to harness that, and it, that's a process because it weighs on you. I'm sure sometimes you want to scream and. Oh, need yeah. an outlet because you can't please everyone and your your best intentions someone will be disappointed you may think that oh this is 100 percent all to the good but ultimately someone will be disappointed and as a person outside of a council person you're still a human with feelings and it's like man okay what do i do and so stand on that same note i just wanted to kind of transition over into the mental health aspect of it because <laughs> <laughs> did I strike a chord there because I mean, they, they go hand in hand I mean I'm not a council person but I am a public servant and I do understand the needs of the community and being pulled in so many different directions and having to manage and juggle things and so here you are you this public servant which means that ultimately you are under public scrutiny public judgment the court of public opinion, and you still have to walk upright and breathe like the rest of us, but do it in such a way that you are doing what's best for your district and for your community. So from a mental health standpoint, how, how, how does Devin deal with that, that heaviness that I know sometimes you have to feel? How do you, how do you deal with, oh man, okay, I feel like I'm at the point where I'm about to break. I haven't dealt with it correctly yet. And I think my first conception of like therapy wasn't until this last year. Okay. And I don't think people, let me just say this, just being completely candid. Um, for young men, I, I don't feel young, but I'll just say for myself, there's a gap period where you learn healthy and or unhealthy ways to cope as a man. Um, and I, I just think that there's just a, a unique space. I, I can't say and speak for women, so I would never try and do so. But I imagine when you're a mother, there's no way you can explain to a man what it is to be a mother, the experiences that you go through physically and emotionally, right? That's so true. that inversely that I was absent a father, I've been all my life, and I was absent a time frame by which I was taught things that I imagined were necessary when I became a leader. So what you said was, you're gonna make people, you're gonna fail somebody. It's almost like this superheroism that turns into imposter syndrome, where I was never told you can fail, right? My mother and my grandmother depended on me. I got to get a scholarship. I did that. I had to graduate top of my class. I did that. I had to go to grad school for free. I did that. I had to pay mama's bills. You do, you don't know what, you can't not make people happy. So that conceptually has been embedded in your psyche and you get actually depressed when you can't perform. And that, and I, I don't mean that to be, I don't know your audience, but men internalize it, whether that is sexually, emotionally, physically, when we can't perform, it is a, a, a weight that can't be explained. And for me, 
when you get in that place and space where people are dependent on you and you can't perform, it is not your fault. Life doesn't allow it. I was never taught that that is okay. So the depression sets in in a way that you function. You function as a depressed person. It's the weirdest thing. And I've done it off and on so much. I'm getting better now. But um, it, it is overwhelming because you keep saying to yourself, well, they wouldn't ask me if they didn't think I could fix it. I know I can fix it, but I either don't have the time, the resources, the support. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So nobody has ever come to me and said, Devin, I need you to fly a helicopter because I'm not a helicopter flyer. But people come to me with things they know I could fix, but sometimes life doesn't allow it. So mental health has just been something I've just learned and learning as I go. It makes me more aware that I don't have a son or a daughter um, of teaching my realistic expectations to, to young young people. Um, it, it is just something I, I just didn't even think about. Just allowing your kid to know failure. Failure not in the sense that you don't attempt, but failure that you attempted and you could not. Wow. And so you mentioned um, just really embracing the idea of therapy. Uh, what are some of the things that you do to cope? What are, what are your outlets? For me, therapy is an outlet. Exercising is an outlet. Writing, this podcast, talking, getting it out is a form of therapy. What are some of the things that you do to try to make sure that you're taking care of yourself mentally? Well, it's been a lot. I mean, I've, I've just, I've always been, I mean, like art, you know, I'm sitting next to a piece that I just finished. Uh, okay. second, and um, it's, it's different though. Because not only is the blessing of having a relationship with God is that you can go in a place and space and worship. Also, the absence of people. I had never even considered that. I think people always think I was one of them. When you get time away, you got to go somewhere to a bar or something. I don't drink, but you go out to eat and stuff. Man, let me tell you what isolation can do. It's a deep breath. Because when I would go out, they'd be like, Devin, let me holler at you. And then you're just back in the same place. Yeah. Um, so, you know, therapy, again, getting a therapist was a blessing. But just seeing that person once a week or whatever your, your time frame is, I did not realize that I enjoy and need absence of voice, isolation. Had not had it. You know, played football, grew up just being one of the guys. So when that happened, I found that that's extremely therapeutic. It's almost addictive. When you're so used to hearing voices to not hearing them at all, it's such a peaceful thing. Yeah, that's one of the things I've always been. I title myself as an extroverted introvert. Absolutely. Like I, <laughs> when necessary, I can be extroverted, but I prefer to be intro. I, I love my time, my space, my quiet, my zen, my money tree with my elephant here, my right, right. Vibe, just the kind of. I'll light an incense, a candle, and just kind of relax. I need that. I, I didn't know that for a, a long time that that was something that was needed. And so you just go and go and go and go and go. And the next thing you know, like, how did I end up here? And why, why do I have these migraines? Why do I feel lethargic? Why do I feel dehydrated? Why do I feel spent? And then when you make that conscious decision to say, okay, wait a minute and embrace mental health because without your mental health, nothing else will matter. You'll be running around on a half tank of crazy and you, you really have to just, it's the foundation for everything. It sets the mood. It says how you live it. I mean, it affects so many systems in your body. And so 
I'm glad to hear that last year forced you to kind of come to terms right. with that. It was a blessing in, in disguise for you and that you were able to kind of prioritize mental health because other, otherwise people look up and they don't realize how they've gotten to this space and they have lost so much just kind of being caught up in that day-to-day rap race and not making time for themselves. So right. that's awesome to hear. I'm glad that you are on the mental health wagon. Yeah, so still in it. Learning. Yeah. Learning. Well, I'll teach. I'm, I'm going to stay on you and make sure that you're doing such. I know you're busy. Every time I've seen you, it has been in a capacity where you have been doing something. I don't yeah. think I've ever run into you and you've just kind of been sitting. You've either been speaking. I don't even talking, know what it is. Teaching, running, juggling, hopscotching, something. You're always doing yes, something. So that we'll make sure that you kind of take time for some Devon time. So um, just coming off of the mental health aspect and thinking about what you've done since you've been in council and since you made the decision to come back to Huntsville, what do you want your legacy for Huntsville to be? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I think I've always thought about legacy as something that you start and um, I don't know. You know, I think the, the biggest thing if I had to say it was that it's almost Johnny Appleseed. Mm-hmm. The, the seeds planted by me are by the plans, not specifically by me, started to grow in a way that they just never stopped. Um, I've never been somebody who really likes to like, I get in so much trouble because I don't go to any of these things people invite me to. I don't even look good in a suit. I hate getting dressed up. Like I'm not a ribbon cutting guy, but man, I love, I love putting that first shovel in the ground. You know, when it's just dirt. And I, I don't know if that's just something inside of me that loves this, like this building, you know, just loves to see things built. But, you know, I think my legacy, I, I pray that they know that I, as my great grandma would say, I told the ground that I just, I got everything prepared. Um, and then somebody else can come and enjoy the other parts. But that's the work, like Nehemiah, you know, I just want to. That's awesome. And, and you're doing that. You're doing that. You're you're planting your seeds for someone else to come behind you and you're making a path for someone else to be able to come and build upon and make what you've done even greater. So um, let's talk about dark side for a minute. I had uh-huh. a chance. I had a chance to visit the dark side. Uh, oh good. Yeah, I, I love it. The force was with me. I, I know it's good. I, I gotta put in the Star Wars plug because the first thing we'll that came to my mind like okay you see star wars my aunt kind of turned me on to star wars and before you know it i'm like oh my gosh obi-wan i'm so involved yeah. <laughs> so to see dark side i'm like okay love you love him. I, did you fall in love with the mandalorian i did Good. i did you know i thought that was I, well done it was and i resisted watching it for so long and then when right. i finally sat down and watched it i binged it in a weekend that's how Good. much i loved Good. Yeah. And that ending was everything. I don't want to ruin it for everyone, but the ending right. was everything for me. It was. And so I had a chance to visit um Dark Side. Like I said, love the vibe in there. It gives me, I'm a D girl, as you can see. So <laughs> it gave me the vibe of just like this cool, trendy place where you can go and pop up your laptop. Not so Starbuckish, but just feel right. kind of urban. And it th- there's a difference. I always tell people Starbucks is I mean I 
don't get me wrong, not nobody is the Starbucks, but it's it's commercialized a lot. Absolutely. kind of gave me a okay, yeah, like it's right. a vibe. It's a it's That's a vibe. What you want. It's, it's a vibe. I-S-S-A. You succeeded. The food, superb. The green mm. tea, superb. I just, I love everything about it. And um, again, you're living what you speak. Not only are you representing that district, you're literally planting your roots there and br- boosting the economy, bringing business there. And again, I think that's awesome. What, how did Dark Side come to life? And it was never, like I said, I never been to be a coffee shop owner. Uh, <laughs> I just heard people talk about stuff on the north side and say, you know, if it wasn't a chicken joint, that they didn't have it, or if it wasn't a barbershop. And, you know, people um, that I would go around, especially millennials, wanted a cool spot in Northwest that they could call their own. And nobody else was doing it. You know, like I go back to, we went to three different banks for like $25,000. Wasn't nothing crazy. It's a car note. And they didn't want to give us the investment money because of the location. And you just couldn't conceive that. Like you just in your mind, you're like, I can't go buy a car note with three other investors because of the zip code. So um, we just did it ourselves. God blessed us and we, we put it all together and dark side, I mean, we did all the work, painted, lighting, everything, quite literally everything was a bit from us. Uh, we even knocked a hole in the wall to make the window. So. We, we live and we learn that, you know, when it's not there, sometimes you have to build it. And um, people like yourself have been such a blessing to just come and support it. Yeah, I can attest to it. I think one of the times I came over, one of the first times I came over, you were literally, you had something on the back, sawing something, but yeah. <laughs> look at this man right here. We don't stop. Go ahead and saw that wood and pour that coffee. Yeah. <laughs> So that's, that's amazing. When I get off of here, I'll be doing the same thing. So, and so I'm looking in the background now, and I see a new project in the works. And yes, I think you said it's out on the campus of A and M. Tell us about what's going Where on. Where are you on Meridian? Um, this is the foundation. Uh, we have okay. built its spot for the students and for the community. Um, this place will be geared towards smoothies and quick bites because um, there isn't one on the north side. You know, a place where you really have a smoothies um, blend. So we wanted to make sure that this place and location fit the students, but also the community. With that understanding, we will have a a plethora of teas, but you'll also have some dark side coffee. So um, we're planning on opening actually on the 28th to do a soft opening for the community to come see. It's a larger space and with COVID, Lord willing, everybody's vaccinated. We'll see a lot of that increase coming into the summer. That's awesome. That is Again, leading by example, which is a good thing. No, oh, thank you. <laughs> Pray for us. Just say, oh, just one Pray more thing. Pray for I'll us. Be it's, it's one of the things that, like, if, if nobody else going to do it, you know what I'm saying? They're not going to do it with the culture in mind either. So we decided we're going to do it. That's all right. Get it done. Yes, and so I referenced when I talked about Dark Side that I personally picked up on a little bit of a Star Wars, a Star Wars vibe. So what I did is um, I found a cool website, StarWars.com, I think it actually is, and it had like a list of Star Wars quotes that you can use in real life. So I went through and mm. I said, let me pick three out for Devin Keith to use in real That's life, man. but let me test him and see if he could say, tell me the character that said the quote. Oh, so, Lord. <laughs> he said, oh, Lord, a test. 
Okay, so the first one is, and you can use this in your day-to-day. Someone comes to you, the first quote is, it's not my fault. Can you tell me who said that? It's not my fault. I'm not Obi. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know who said that. Really? Yes. When? <laughs> Not look. Don't tell me to tell you to say. I was about to say. <laughs> I guess for it to be like one of them type of quotes, I'm thinking of like a moment that he probably said. But Han, you probably won't guess any of these. But the take home is you can use these. In Absolutely. Your now let me tell you, I'm a priest to that. And even like you know, we were talking about the Mandalorian uh-huh. to break away from a code for the betterment of someone else. That's really what Mandalorian is about. Yeah. And it's hard to say that. It's hard to, I just know that feeling. You know what I mean? And he had so much at risk to, right. to, to, to do so. And that takes such bravery and courage. But those traits, you have those. You have those. Look at what you're doing. It may not feel like it sometimes. That's what I'm still saying. Yeah, but, but you have. Sometimes those. I struggle, you know. I know, but you better say it. So the next one is your eyes can deceive you. Don't trust them. Yoda. I give you a hint. Three words or three names. I think you said it the first time. Oh, Obi-Wan. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) Yep. And then um, the last one, then I have a little fun question for you. But the last one is, I find your lack of faith disturbing. Um, what's his name? Everybody's favorite. Um, why am I not saying his name? Say his name. Darth Vader. Vader, yeah. I'm oh, my bad. Darth, the one yep. of them. I don't know why I just forgot his blank of his name like that. I know, it's like that sometimes. Sometimes you're struggling. You're struggling today. No, that's it. <laughs> today is that day. So let, and then one more thing related to Star Wars, which just totally blew my mind because I had been saying this over and over. So what is the most misquoted line from the whole Star Wars franchise? If you can think about what the most- The force is with you, force be with you? No. Think about what, when people talk about Star Wars, it's the most popular thing that they say. And people have been saying it incorrectly. See, that's why I thought. I thought the force is with you was wrong. I thought the force be with you was the way. To it say. was that pivotal scene with Luke and Darth. Luke, I am your father. Right, but that is not what he says. He does not say? say. He does not say, "Luke, I am your father." He says, "No, I am your father." Oh. News to me. I, I know, know this that. is so random. People, people are listening probably like, why are they geeking out on Star Wars? But that yeah, just don't get me started on Star Wars and anime. I could talk about it all day. But yeah. Yes, that just blew my mind. And I literally had to pull up the clip and rewatch that scene. And he does not say, Luke, I am your father. Wow. I'm tell you, my, just crushed my spirit. But I'll be, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> I'll be okay. So it was good talking to you, Devin. Before I go, just let us know what's next for you. What's coming up? What does Devin, what is he cooking? I see what you're building in the background. For in the, those that in the next, uh, I don't know, man. I'll say keep your eyes open that we're committed to the dark side and north side. We'll have an announcement in July. Okay. Outside venue that we're building um, on the parkway. 
Um, just nothing you've ever seen before. Um, but overall, I just ask everybody to keep me in your prayers and your thoughts. And more than anything, let me encourage individuals like yourself. T, if you have what you do, an ability to speak to individuals, see an individual's discernment, as they say, continue to do so. Um, the little bit of encouragement you get can go a long way. I know how far my car can go on a quarter tank of gas. A quarter tank of encouragement can take people days. So just know that you're a blessing. And I want to say thank you for having me. And the people who are watching, if you could do the same, you just never know. You never know what your words do for somebody. And that's a good thing. You shouldn't know what your words do for somebody because you're weaponizing. So thank you. That's awesome. Thank you so much for those kind words. I appreciate it. Tell everyone where they can um, follow or how they can follow the dark side, what's going on and how they can follow you on social media. Absolutely. Uh, dark side HSV um, on all platforms. Just following your headache in there. So. And then can they follow you if they want? To oh, yeah. Devin S. Keith. Um, trouble. That's basically what it is. <laughs> feel free. Don't judge me what you see. But yes, feel free. No judgment. Though. We all struggle here. Well, Devin, I'm so glad that I had a chance to talk to you. I've been looking forward to you. This is definitely the first, but certainly not the last time that we'll be in touch. And Absolutely. Next time I have to come over to the dark side. Well, I'm already over to the dark side, but I'll come over yeah. to the dark side. No I pun intended. Did, yeah. yeah, see what I did? Then I'll check out your new spot also. So I'll be on the lookout. I follow you on social media. So when you are ready for your soft opening, I will definitely be there. I'll support what you do. I like what you're doing in the community. I will think that you're inspiration for young black males to look at for young males for people period that just want to do something to be involved city government is a great way to do it you have a servant's heart it's written all over you whether you want to accept it or not you have a servant's heart which is why you do what you do and so i just want to continue for your blessings and i'll be praying for you and i hope everyone else will thank you and likewise thank you thank you so much we'll be in touch all right yes ma'am